Today's episode is episode 222 and today's episode is called Analysis. So in today's episode I am going to talk about analyzing, so psychoanalyzing, self-analyzing, analyzing your life, analyzing skill sets. Today's episode is about how No, it's a difficult one today, actually. Today I just want to talk around how that can be a beneficial way to approach your life. I want to really expand on the feeling of... It's like a... It's almost like a paradox of the dichotomy. It's wanting to make progress so that's why you analyze things what's so why I would analyze something is because I want to make sense of it I want to understand it better and so what I have found a struggle is I used to think that I needed to analyze something to get somewhere so this is the subtlety I want to exploring this episode because it's come up for me a few times now with other people in terms of so if you're talking out a problem with someone sometimes there can be assumption that you want to solve it to get to a better place and somehow you'll be happier than when you're in that better place but if you've been doing it for long enough you realize you don't get to a place there's no there's no place you're going to get to that's going to be problem free i think this is what i'm trying to get to here so with the analysis, it's uh, it's almost like problem solving. It's like it's like solving a jigsaw puzzle or engaging in a game. That's what I even see with programming. That good programmers can be they can come from a background of gaming where they they see problem solving. They see problems in general as just challenges, like trying to trying to finish a level, get to the next level. That can be a useful mindset, I think, to approach programming with or a skill with, see it as a game to solve, to figure out. So it's a never ending game. So with the analysis, it's never ending. So what got me thinking about this there recently is there's different modalities in terms of self-healing, self-analysis, working through problems. And I think at one stage, I might have unknowingly bought into the idea that energy healing is uh, is more transformational than psychoanalysis, for example. But it was only recently that I was realizing that there's, there's also no end to energy healing. It's not like you'll go to an energy healer and they'll work their magic on you and all your problems seem to evaporate on an energetic level. Because I would be able to believe that a lot, many problems start out as a an energetic level. Then they can manifest as an emotional problem and then a physical problem. I don't think all problems are like that, but there are a certain amount of problems, I think, that act like that. And the job of psychoanalysis or any other healing modality is to... 
suppose the way I attune with energy is more feeling. And so there's a, a feeling issue there that I can work on through some sort of psychoanalysis, for example. Uh, so when I'm talking about psychoanalysis too, it's not like I'm just analyzing myself. It's not just purely a self-analysis. I do go to someone as well to help me figure out stuff. I think it's just useful to talk it out with someone, especially potentially a, a professional, but that's not to say that all professionals are going to work well with you. The way I would approach things in general anyway is that I would be of the belief that I have the potential to solve my own problems. And oftentimes I just want someone to listen or to offer a different perspective. So this is what this episode is about too, the relationship with ideas. So as I've engaged more in analyzing my life, analyzing how to go about learning new skills, basically analyzing my life, my relationship with ideas has changed gradually over the years. And part of it could be down to this realization that there's no, if you realize there's no endpoint, so when you realize that there's no amount of analysis that's going to get you to a state of peace and harmony, where there's no problems that will be presented to you in that existence. When you realize that, I think, well, I've seen over time my relationship with ideas in general and thoughts in general has shifted in terms of it feels looser. So I'm not as inclined to cling to ideas, cling to beliefs. Like a belief, a belief you can cling to is even, even the idea that there's a place you can get to where your problems evaporate. In my experience, it's, it's my experience through analysis, there's a sense of progress. Like for me, there has to be a sense of, there has to be something driving me to want to continue this analysis. And for me, it boils down to a sense of progress and it's a sense of, it's a sense that the problems are actually different at each stage of my life. Whereas if I wasn't engaging in some, for, some form of analysis, and analysis, when I'm talking about analysis too, I, I guess I'm talking about it's, it's reflection. So it's, it's not, so the analysis I guess I'm talking about, is, it's not in your head, purely in your head, clinging to like so really revved up in your head, trying to figure something out. It's not that type of thinking solely. I guess it boils down to the diffuse mode of thinking and the focus mode of thinking. It's a, com a combination of the two. So focus mode is it's more intense in the weeds, trying to figure something out and diffuse is more relaxed. Let the dots combine in a different way. So there's a bit of that going on there. When I talk about analysis too, it's kind of incorporated into a meditative reflection on my life that I don't, I don't dedicate a period of time to do that. It's just throughout my day. I find my mind naturally builds in that into it. It's maybe there's true analysis. There is a space that grows between your day-to-day -day reality and a kind of a bigger picture on your life of what's important to you, where you're heading. Because some of it is even down to societal conditioning and programming. It's as you work on that, 
true analysis, you become aware of some of the programming. There's a certain amount of being stuck in the minutia that that helps you to to get out of that frees up a bit more space and then clarity in your mind to have more of a bigger picture on your life. So these are all the things through analysis. This is why engaging in, for me and I, engaging in analysis of my life has been beneficial. And the crux of this episode, though, is around this being okay with analyzing your life without giving in to the need that you think you need to get to somewhere better. Because through the years, I think I first started off with that assumption that I'm only engaging in psychoanalysis or psychotherapy or a therapeutic modality purely because I'm feeling shitty about myself and I need to get to a better place. A certain amount of that was down to the severity of how I felt about myself in terms of I didn't feel good about myself, didn't feel I was in a good space. It wasn't necessarily consciously I was thinking that, it was just maybe intuitively I knew I didn't feel that well about myself and I wanted to find a way to improve that. But over the years, as you go through enough of it, you realize that all that's really changing is there's a different set of problems. What I do find is a bit more of a lightness to me gradually over the years. I think that comes from the space you gain between the thoughts and ideas that control you. I think that part of that is down to that lightness that you feel. So if if anything, I guess what gets me to do it is that sense of feeling lighter over as the years go by as I keep working on things there's a sense of perspective and there's a sense of lightness that I gain from it that seems to be just a it accumulates over time more so than it, it's not necessarily a, a big release you get it's kind of small incremental bits of that so in terms of the therapeutic process in general I think the realization that I've come to recently is is just pick whatever is of interest to you because what's most important is that you you come to your own realizations and I I found over the years that if I'm interested in in engaging something I'll go I'll naturally go above and beyond in terms of I'll try and understand it in my own way by reflecting on my own life experiences and for me if you find a modality that helps you to do that I would say stick with that because from what I can see every modality is endless. None of them can promise you a place where you feel perfect in yourself. So choose the one where you are feeling most interested in it. And so for me, psychoanalysis, it seems to be a good fit for me. I'm a writer. I like analyzing things. I like reflecting on things. I like, I'm going to talk about this next. I like being creative with my thinking. And I found that psychoanalysis is a good way for me to, it's a good modality for me to engage in. That's what I found so far. It might change in the future, but that's what I found at the moment. So in terms of creativity, analysis, psychoanalysis, self-analysis, what I found is that over the years, it's helped me to become more creative purely because I've gradually been gaining a better grasp on the reality of thoughts and ideas so the way i 
one point I want to talk about here is mainstream superhighways. So this is just a visualization that I came up with recently in terms of mainstream thought. So it's like superhighways that people are in agreement around these thoughts and ideas. You don't need to explain yourself and you don't need to contemplate them because they've already been formulated to the extent that they work in the real world. So that's the mainstream superhighway. So I can drive along those highways. I can see them when I see them. I can recognize the validity in them. I can recognize the validity because it's kind of like the the ideas, possibly not all of them, but a lot of them will have stood the test of time. So even the idea of capitalism, creating that, that is a system that people live by seems to have stood the test of time better than something like socialism, for example, or communism, from what I can see. But the mainstream superhighway are ideas that people live by. You don't need to explain yourself. They're just there. And then when I, so when I think of, it connects to does originality exist? And that's a question that possibly can't be definitively answered. My take on it right now is that I would see originality, if it does exist, exists off the superhighways. So it's either at the intersections of the superhighways, or sometimes it can be wandering off the paths entirely. So you can think about it in terms of, so if you're on a superhighway, you decide you're going to wander off the beaten path, you're not even going to go on a road, you're going to start driving into the fields then you're taking the risk that you might come, there might come a point where you get to a river or you get to some sort of dead end. And then you have to choose what you're going to do. This is what it's like going off the superhighways. So you're starting to, you're building an awareness around the thoughts that come into your head day to day and you're gradually dedicating time to work on them, give way to them, help them evolve. That takes a certain amount of self-confidence. I think we all get random thoughts into our head each day. But I was listening actually to a very good episode around free will by Jolie Artist. I'll put, I think her podcast is Your One Black Friend. I'll put a link in the, the show notes. But she talked about free will. And she made a very good point that she didn't think free will exists in the same sense that free meals don't exist. And she believed more in earned will. Which... I've over the years come to see come to see something similar. So when it comes back to this point of random thoughts, random ideas come into your head each day, it's up to you whether you want to work with those random thoughts and start building on them and see whether they'll lead somewhere someday. That's kind of what I've been doing with the podcast, working with Dave with the books and stuff. It all starts with doodles, random thoughts, random ideas, and they start building and formulating into episodes. And books, I don't know whether the quality, the, the content, I don't know, like, I, I've, I've only, the only thing I can go off of is, is my own clarity of mind. I don't know whether what I'm creating is, I don't know how beneficial it is or how valuable it is to somebody else. But what, so what I'm working on is, is the recognition that, that free will, so the, Free will being an illusion, in my my experience, would be that I'm going around day to day 
thinking that the choices I'm making are of my own and not really considering the the part culture has played, for example, the part my family has played. I'm not taking these things into consideration in terms of the thoughts that I'm choosing to act on. If I build in some time in my day to reflect on that, then I'll start to notice how certain thoughts aren't encouraged, certain conversations aren't explored. And it's true working on that myself through the podcast, for example, through books, through analysis, I realized that there's, hey, there's other thoughts that come into my head that aren't encouraged in my immediate surroundings, but I can find an outlet for them. I can find a way to speak about them. I can find a way to formulate them. I can open my mind to different thoughts that mightn't actually have logic sense. I think this is why in, in my analysis of things, it's, it's useful to have a skill set that's logical. So it allows my mind to wander into fields that may not contain a lot of logic. And they're the trickier fields, I suppose. So if originality exists, you're going to find it in navigating your way through things that, that mightn't contain any logic to it. There, it's, uh, it's wandering off the beaten path. So just with her point, the earned will, that, that for me is, is, is my interpretation of earned will, is you're disciplining yourself. You're, you're building a self-awareness to the extent that you're questioning your actions, behaviors, your thoughts, how original, how authentic are they to you? And through that analysis, some sort of originality will start to spring from you. You'll start expressing thoughts that may not be received. There may not be a play. They may not be received in your immediate environment, but but you're finding outlets to express them. Uh, so that for me is the earned will. And it's earned because that's difficult. It's difficult to to find an outlet. Like just think about it. If if you have thoughts, if you want to, if you feel like you've got something you want to share. Just uh, if you've never created before, all I have to do is look back at my own life. The first few times you post online about some about thoughts and ideas that feel kind of personal to you or feel there's a vulnerability there, that's that's difficult. You have to feel feelings of vulnerability, feelings of embarrassment, potential shame, potential ridicule. There's so much stuff that kind of you have to face, and that's the earned part of the will. Uh, that's just my interpretation of it. Anyway, that podcast, it's, I think the name of that podcast is What's the Point in Thinking? So I'd recommend checking that out. So that's the creativity. Analysis helps, has helped me over the years to allow my mind to go to places that it, it wouldn't have gone to just by me operating by default in the environment I live in. There's a certain amount of discipline and a certain amount of facing challenging feelings and so this ties into the psychoanalysis part again here so i found over the years through just psychoanalysis pretty much at the moment it's you start to recognize the invisible impacts in your life and that's the feelings so true i think there's an art to going back to your past feeling what you bottled up so that it's not still affecting you today that's how i would sum up psychoanalysis is it's feeling into unconscious feelings that all you're conscious of is the feeling you're not conscious of the thought process behind it. you're not conscious of the feelings behind it or not feelings the thought process you're not conscious of the memories the actions behaviors but you've got this feeling to work with 
that's that's what I would say. Uh, that's the window into the unconscious. It's like that's still controlling you today because that's what you're feeling in the present day. So that's what I. That's what helps me to understand the power of feelings. That I go back into the past, feel and process these feelings. That's the reason I go back in the past. It's just purely to feel and process the feelings of the present day. Because I found when I do that, there's again. It, I regain a sense of lightness, there's a sense of flexibility in my mind, there's a sense of openness, there's a sense of possibility there. Or some of these feelings, they kind of weigh you down, they limit what your mind is open to in the future. So this helps me to understand the invisible things that have impact in terms of feeling. So when I look at that, and I'm processing it, and I'm starting to see it's freeing up this space for me here, it also helps me to understand that the future is bound by these feelings in the same way the past is. So I realized that the things I can feel positive about in the future, they can actualize in some way. It's like it's worth harnessing the positive feelings and the positive feelings in terms of a sense of hope, a sense of optimism for the future a sense of things can be different, a sense of possibly the most important things in life, there's more control over it than what you think, especially if you're looking at it in a visible level in terms of feeling, because it's if you look at it through that lens, it's, it's a matter of working through your own issues. And uh, I suppose you're shifting the relationship too you have with negative feelings. So this is the, the other point, the other part of where I started in this podcast is the, the need to get to a better place. I've, re, I've been realizing through my own analysis that there's going to be negative feelings there, there's going to be heavy feelings there, but that's not necessarily an issue. It, for me, I'm, I've been learning over the years to see that it's, it's another form of information. And a certain amount of that is necessary anyway to give you a certain amount of depth to your character, a certain amount of resilience, because there's plenty of people that will try and knock you or they'll try and put you down and I feel like these feelings because they're inherently well I found them inherently difficult to feel and process it gives you uh, I feel like it gives you a level of grit that even if people do try and knock you uh, it's not going to stop you completely you might feel hurt for a little bit but you'll continue on regardless that's I suppose the feeling of Tapping into uh, courage and faith and things that are that are deeper as well. And the last things I want to touch on in terms of analysis, in terms of writing, I feel like it it helps me tap into different dimensions of thought, different different dimensions. Like I at the moment I'm reading quite a bit around surrealism and dadaism. I'm gonna do some epi- two episodes, I think, one on each. So what I like about surrealism there at the moment I'm reading a book called Nadia, and I like how it blends fact with fiction. And for me that, for me, analysis and writing, it helps me tap into different dimensions of thought. And these dimensions of thought, they feel, they don't like, they feel as real as anything. So it, it's kind of like, like in, in science, dark matter exists, but it's invisible, but it still exists. And it's, you're walking around day to day and you're perceiving the world and you're seeing things that you can see through your eyes. But there's plenty of other frequencies that we don't perceive. And 
Because we don't perceive them, does that mean that they don't have as much weight as what we do see? It's easy to assume that they don't have as much weight. But I'm open to the idea that different dimensions of thought have the same level of validity and realness in terms of how in terms in terms of your felt experience of life. If you come at it from that angle, not what you purely see and perceive in a material, practical way. But if you're looking at life through a felt experience of life, then when even when you think about it, it's it's the things that are important on a felt level are your connection to yourself, your sense of connection to yourself, your sense of connection to other people. Like, we don't see, like, we all, well, most healthy individuals ha- will have a sense of feeling connect- more connected to one person than another person. But you can't actually see that. But we can feel it. And it's as real as anything. And that, like, as I've been exploring this podcast, that's potentially one of the most important things in my life is just that sense of connection to myself and to other people so if you're coming at it from that angle so exploring the dimensions of thought then in writing becomes something that's really worthwhile doing and it creates kind of a richer life to live from so it's worth it's just worth considering that potentially these hidden dimensions of thought have as much validity as any practical material life you can see or you can create the same amount of wonder and awe in you as something material like traveling to another country it's just something to be open to that's something i'm open to and i suppose over the years now i'm I'm starting to learn that the environment around you plays a part in this because if i'm around people that aren't any way receptive to what i'm sharing here it's not really going to work because they're going to try and convince me to think like them or i'm going to try and convince them to think like me it's not going to work so what i've been learning over the years too is your environment really matters be around people who are receptive to you as you are and you're receptive to them as they are i feel like that's where you're going to find the most healthy feeling relationships so they're the main things i wanted to talk about in this analysis episode basically i really wanted to just explore around this experience of analyzing your life but not necessarily wanting to get a better place but at the same time you can sense that you're getting to a better place it's kind of paradoxical but it's uh, i think there's a big difference it sounds very subtle but in in a feeling level, I feel like it's very, very different experiences because I feel like I've had that experience in the past where I've been working through stuff purely with the goal to get somewhere. I think that's it. It's like I was purely doing it to get to a goal. Whereas with experience, you realize it's the it's the process in in and of itself where that's what you're doing it for. For me, it's a sense of being alive. It's accessing different dimensions of thought. It's putting weight on the invisible. Yeah, you're gradually, yeah, I suppose you're gradually learning to appreciate deeper layers of reality. So it'll make sense to certain people. It won't make sense to other people. It makes sense to me because that's the type of person I've been. Probably the person I've naturally been all the time. Somebody wants to question the nature of reality, and gets a lot from that. Isn't so caught up in what the specific answers are. I'm more 
engaged in just the feeling to it. I feel alive when I'm doing that. And I feel alive as well when I'm around people who are similar like that. Similar in the sense that they they want to question things at a deeper level and they, they can do that in a healthy way. They're not fixated on something. So I think that actually is the the balance you need to strike when you're questioning things in a deeper level. Just be aware that there isn't like an urgency in you, a need to figure things out. If there is, I'd, I'd pay attention to that feeling first. Just pay attention to that feeling. I suppose you have to really be aware of the, like the feelings that are driving you. And that's, that's I suppose, why I've been drawn to psychoanalysis or ter- some sort of therapeutic channel. Because otherwise, uh, it'll be a catastrophe <laughs> if you're trying to question deeper, question deeply, but, but not paying attention to the, the feelings that are driving you as well at the same time. So just like in any episode as well, this is just my experience. Take from what you will. I'm just sharing it because it's something I haven't really heard people talk about. And it's something that was kind of bothering me a little bit and I just wanted to put words to it. So maybe if you're feeling something similar or dealing with something similar or trying to figure something out, then something might make sense there. So that's it. Thanks again for listening and I will speak to you on the next episode.